When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws, feathers or fur, sharp teeth or feet with claws, whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves, then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows, have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck the censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a half a puff and a Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Welcome to the Wolf and Out podcast uh, With me, Ramesh Ranganathan uh, And uh, you introduce one yourself? of, one of you my favourite Yeah, go for it Well, I was going to give you a big intro, but fuck it You want to jump in, go well, yeah, I was just going to say, like, I, I was just, I've put my head down to bow to come up really cool. And, uh, yeah, you just let me down because uh, I was waiting for you to go out of my favourite comedian, the epicentre of my universe, Mr. Dom Davis. Well, I was going to say something like that, but I don't know why you're bowing on what is an audio medium. Yeah, I, I don't understand how that's a movement. I like to do this and bring my head up to get into the, like a boxer. As a ring oh, walk. I see. Right, okay, okay. I think uh, 90% of fights are won and lost in the ring walk. Okay, you're quite a boxing expert, and for you to say something that's as patently untrue as that is incredible. No, but but you've, I mean, you've got, you've got a boxing podcast, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and do you think, would you say to any of the people you've spoken to on that podcast that you think that 90% of fights... A one and lost in the ring walk. Would you say those words out loud? I, I would say to some of the boxers I've talked to, look, you're a hell of a boxer, mate. You've got amazing technique. I like what you do. Work on the ring walk. You would say that, would you? Yeah, if, you had Anthony Joshua, if you had Anthony Joshua on the podcast, you would say mate, work on the ring walk. Let me just say, I'm no one to tell Anthony Joshua how to do a ring walk. That guy's got it fucking down. Oh, okay. Who's not got a good ring walk? I don't know. I mean, it'd be hard for me to mention names because they might be people I know. I just think it's a bit of theatre, isn't it? Think about right. it. Yeah. I think if you're going to a fight, you want to get everything. You know, so, so for me, that bow down, like you're, you're sort of eagerly waiting, your sort of face is all right up at the camera and you're sort of like eager, which is really good. But with me, there's that air of drive. Well, before, you, before, you, before you carry on, that is absolutely not how I'm approaching this. I, I'm hoping that people listening to this know enough about me to know that's not the case. But yeah, this false description you're given of how I am. No, I'm just but... sitting here calmly. You're excited. You've got dressed up for it. By the way, before you launched into this little personal sort of attack on me, your top glasses and hat combination are exceptional today. Thank you. You look wow. unbelievable. Really? You really do, yeah. You know what? I've really... Um, I actually generally got dressed up for this. That is... Did you? That's, yeah, man. This is this is this is the height now of my social calendar. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make an effort for Rom today. 
Just, you're wearing um, you're wearing a, a is that a flat? It's a flat cap, right? Yeah, it's a Baker boy. A Baker boy, right? Do you think I could pull that off? Uh, okay. I think you've that that. <laughs> no need to continue. No, I th- I don't know. Look, I've known you for a long time. The backwards baseball cap and a beanie are already over there, like a part of your image <laughs> that I I sort of I find endearing. Look, look, a lot of people try the flat cap. You know, um, I think with you, that would be a, you might end up <laughs> looking a bit like when I saw Ryland Clark in one. Hold on, what does that mean? No, it's what, just... Why would, it, why would it be a bit like when you saw Ryland Clark in no, one? No, because your face is... I don't know if your face is strong enough to hold one. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... Did, a be- did, did it not suit Ryland Clark? No. No. Okay. And but Ryland, again, that? Ryland, I've seen Ryland wear one. I'll tell you what would really suit you, and I'd like actually sure. might buy you one for Christmas, a, f- a fedora, big hat, like... You know, you see where I am. A, a fedora. Like, yeah, I yeah. know what a fedora is. Yeah. What? Why the fuck would you think I would ever wear a fedora? You look good in a fedora. Well, Tom, you... Tom, if if when we come out of lockdown, I'm assuming that you and I are going to meet up. We've just had a, we've just been hanging out on the set of King Gary, all within yeah. COVID restrictions. Don't anybody? Uh... Yeah, yeah. Um, so if I if I was meeting up with you after lockdown and at, without any kind of warning, we've not had this conversation. I turned up to meet you in the pub. Wearing a fedora. Yeah. What what do you now don't bullshit me. What would your reaction honestly be? I would be Because like, if you t- if you turned up in a fedora, I would I would cunt you off I reckon for thirty to forty five. You know I've brought a fedora. But, I've not had the courage to wear it yet. Well, I should not have said that. I, have have you, you got have you really bought a fedora? Do you want me to get it? Yeah, please. How far away is it from you now? It's literally here in this cupboard. Okay. It's not, my wife keeps saying that you've not worn it yet. Was it expensive? It was, it was Trumpy, yeah. I went to the same place that Guy Ritchie gets his hats. Makes sense. Look, 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 look. Oh, it's, an, it's in a bag. It's in yeah, a bag. Look, still done up the bag. Yeah, okay. So this is the first time I've opened it. Still wrapped. Oh, my God, this is incredible. It's an unwrapping, but this is the worst unwrapping ever because yeah, it's all yeah, done... It, you know how you know how YouTube unboxings get viral. I can't imagine that podcast unwrapping. Can you hear that? Though? Yeah, sounds nice. Nice bit of paper that. Lovely. Okay, I'm going to tell you this straight away. Yeah. You look brilliant. <laughs> can, can I? Can, can I? You genuinely look great. I did not expect that. I did not expect you to be able to pull that hat off. Mate, but you do. This is my superpower. I can pull any hat off. Like, genuinely. Okay. No, no, no. You have fucking incredible powers, right? You're fucking one of the most intellectual people I know. You can make nearly everything funny. Uh, I've seen you use some fucking incredible trainers that you fucking... I wouldn't even have the fucking courage to wear, but you fucking smashed the life out of. You give me any fucking hat, I will fucking do something with it. Uh, that, that cannot be true. You, you wouldn't be able to pull off any hat. Mate, send a fucking flurry of hats to my home. And okay, somebody's somebody's figured out how to use the word flurry. Just for just to give this a bit of context, for 10, 15 years I've been using the word slurry instead of flurry. Yeah. Yeah. And and also what I would say is even though you think you're using flurry more correctly, it, it's still wrong. You, you wouldn't say to somebody send me a flurry of hats. Right, so how what, what send me a decadent of hats? Are you taking the piss? No, I don't know. What would you call it? What do you think decadent means? Like a, a lot of, right? Decadent. Decadent means a lot of. Send me a decadent of. Send me a decadent of. 
you think is a thing. You've you've heard decadent used in that context. Look, I've heard a lot of words that I don't know what they mean. But what if I do is says, I throw them how many a... um how many pairs of trainers do you reckon you got? Decadent. No. That's what you think. That I've got a decadent amount of trainers. Yeah. That that does make sense. Yeah. But a de- but decadent doesn't mean a lot of. What does it mean? Are you winding me up now? No, no, are you winding me up? up? That's genuinely how I thought decadent. I thought decadent you meant a lot of and you put it before the thing. I have a decadent amount of glasses. No, decadent means like, decadent means like opulent and like over the top luxurious, you know, like, you know, if you had like some like mad over the top, like super comfy chair, somebody would go, that's very decadent, that chair. Do you know what I mean? Something like that. So, do you know what? what, what You know what the problem is? Look, I'm looking it up now because you make me doubt myself. Now I'm thinking, I don't know what, here we go. A person who is luxuriously self-indulgent. There you go. Self-indulgent is what decadent means. Yeah, but I, so I, so I've always thought decadent meant a lot of. Yeah, I know that's what you've always thought, but I've, you're wrong. You've been wrong. One of you've the always nice been wrong. I think we should put like a little bit of on this show called "Wrong with Rom." You're so pleased with that, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I kind of like. I want to go back to the flat cap. Okay, fine. I, I, I do I, think you should. Between now and next week, when we do the next one of these, can you wear that hat? I oh, know you can't. We're on lockdown. No, I, I, I'm really now loving it. You know, it's a really nice hat. I feel good about it. I couldn't wear that hat. Shout out to the lad hatters. Yeah, sure. Got to get that discount, haven't you? <laughs> okay, Tom. Yo. How's lockdown treating you so far? I'm, well, just we are. What, what are we? Day. We're day two. Day of lockdown two. two now. I've been yeah. kind of obsessed. With the American election, that's that's sort of really yeah. eating up my what time. What are you? Because I, I imagine that you've been infuriated in with I the way that. <laughs> why I even started that? <laughs> the way that your favourite politician has been treated. I imagine you're furious at the way that the election is being stolen away from. Uh, <laughs> Donald Trump. I love that you think so little of me that you think I'm one of those idiots going, this is unbelievable. Why can't you see? They're, 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 this is fucking fraud, mate. Fraud. How um, invested are you in the American election? I just find it interesting. Do you know what the big thing I find really interesting is? What sort of state is Donald Trump going to leave the White House in? Right. Do you mean Do you mean actually like hygiene-wise? Yeah, phys- other, yeah, obviously we know he's absolutely made a fucking mockery of the, his, his presidential term is like all that's too much I don't know anything about all that stuff I mean yeah, like yeah. he's going to take a shit in all the toilets and not flush it mm. he's going to oh, smear mate. stuff on mirrors like, all the beds will be unmade there'll be dogs feces and piss all over the place like, I can't imagine there's a you don't put down you don't have to put down a deposit you're not getting a deposit back at the I White think you House, will like after it. Donald Trump I think that'll be one of the things that you do I think I'd have to enforce that like I think it will be like yeah. They'll have to bring it in. They go sorry after Donald Trump, you know, after the amount, the sheer amount of fecal matter that was spread across the White House, we are having to introduce a rental deposit. And the, and the sad thing is for for Biden, if Biden wins, the sad thing is is he'll have inherited that house. Yeah. And also be the first person that's got to put down a deposit. Well, I mean, it's, to, it, he won't get anything done for the whole month of January because he'll be clearing up no. stuff. He'll have to get a deep no. clean done on the place. And that, and also what I do feel for Biden is I don't know if he's got a lot of cash wrapped around him. I don't know how he is, because it's going to be a big old deposit on a gaff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I mean, I guess what would happen if you didn't have enough money for the deposit? Then you can't become president. Yeah. Yeah. Or you've just got to live in sort of like a house that's by your means and travelling to work every day. <laughs> so dignifying. <laughs> hey, how are you getting out, Joe? I've nearly saved enough money so I can live in the White House. Do you find uh, Do you find that the uh, three and a half hour round trip that you've got to make in and out of the White House is affecting your job at all? Driving every day from Delaware. <laughs> See you tomorrow, Joe. <laughs> the other days I yeah, just I, think, I, was this all worth it? I'd best leave because, uh, you know, I won't get home till seven. His wife on the uh, phone. Joe's working so hard, he leaves the house every day at 4.30 a.m. <laughs> He's just like a big comfy bed. Oh, poor bastard. Poor Joe. Did you, ever, did you ever have a job where you had to get up early in the morning? Yeah. Yeah, I had that job for fucking years. That was my whole life. From, from, for, yeah. Well, how, did, how early did you have to get up for scaffolding? Uh, I, it depends. If you work in London, usually I'd be up for sort of 5am to be in for sort of 7. 5am? Yeah. Get what, up. every day? Yeah, yeah. Like six days a week, five, six. Because you'd have to get into town, be in there, get a bit of breakfast. Yeah, I'll be up early. Early bird, mate. What time did, so what time would you finish? Uh, I'd usually be in the pub by three o'clock, four o'clock. Three o'clock? Yeah. Okay, that's where, okay. So when you tell the first part of that, I'm thinking, oh, this poor bastard, he's really grafted to get where he's got to. This fucking prick's got a shorter day than yeah. teachers that don't give a shit. That's with a two-hour yeah. lunch as well. <laughs> <laughs> what time would you be going to bed if you got a five o'clock start? Well, it depends how long I spend in the, in the pub. Um, usually about, yeah, nine-ish, ten-ish. Mm. I'll be out. Nine-ish? Yeah. As an, as an adult, nine o'clock bedtime as an oh, adult. Oh, yeah, but I'd, I'd, be, I'd have had a few pints in me by then. Yeah. I, by that, I mean I'd fall asleep on the sofa probably. Were you with Catherine then? No, 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 no. I think the sad <laughs> indication would be that every day I was in the pub at three o'clock drinking with a bunch what, of what? other losers. <laughs> it's, you know what? I realised that sort of, you know like when you're on a tube, right, and yeah. someone on the tube smells a B.O. And yeah. there was a time in my life where I used to look around and go, it's not me. But at least nine to ten people out of the forty that are on here think it's me, just by just by proxy. They're looking at me like someone stinks on this fucking tube, and it's definitely <laughs> that big sweaty guy. And it's I'm, horrible, that isn't it? I'm so hygienic when it comes to that sort of stuff. Yeah. I've always found like I always find that a bit get a bit worried when like if I've had a curry. I, I, I remember when I, when I was a teacher. We used to go. I used to go to there's a pub just down the road from the school, and I'd go and have a few pints and and. Uh, a few mates of mine that worked in town, like this, the pub was right by the train station. Yeah. So they'd come back from London, meet me in the pub, and then like the night would go on from there on a Friday, right? Yeah. And um, occasionally we'd go for a curry, and you become aware, and then you go to a bar after that. If you're a white you went guy, to a bar after a curry. Yeah, it was really bad. It's but, really, you man, know, I mean, I love you I to death, right? And and my, me and you are very much alike when it comes to our lack of fucking prowess when it comes to, to, to the ladies before we did this for a career, right? Well, not before we were both married, but the fact is, right, I've always felt that that is you're genuinely, I can't think of anyone I enjoy spending time with you're, uh, more than you. You're a brilliant guy to chat to. But the fact that I felt sorry for you because I've gone, oh, he's on a plateau with me, yeah? But then you had a, the, the sad indication is that my life, I never had a fucking, I would have a curry within a week of going out to fucking the Isobar or Zoots. But fuck me, you were going out to a... I mean, what were you thinking? I don't know. And, and, and do you know what the saddest thing about it is? Is that if, if you, Tom, had had a curry and then went to a bar, somebody would come up to you and they'd go, oh, he must have had a curry earlier. 
Whereas if I have a curry and go to a bar, people walk past me and think, oh, they do smell like that. We've all been for one, you prick. <laughs> oh, God. There's a guy. Oh, guy, my God. guy over there who stinks of curry. Yeah, he's with that big guy who stinks of beer. <laughs> Where are they? Are they over there in that crowd? No, 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 no. They're just over there in the corner with no one else around them. The fucking horde of bar flies. We find, we find it easier to fucking latch onto those two smelly oafs rather than a fucking uh, sticky beer and a cheesy toilet. Uh, but that was a mistake. That was a mistake. It was an How many times error. did you do it? Quite a few. I didn't do it a lot because I remember like, after the first time of doing it, you, the, the other problem with having a curry is you feel so uncomfortable. Yeah, I've been like, it's incredible, but I wouldn't be able to go to a bar. I mean, I can't even go to a bar after fucking... I genuinely couldn't go to a bar now after nine o'clock. No. To socialise no. now. It's bad, isn't it? I, I've had things where... Well, you were there at one when we went to that Sky event. Oh, yeah. Right, so I was quite tired and I think I was on a bit of a, you know, uh, mentally I wasn't in a good place. No. And so we had to go to this Sky event and, you know, every year they do this thing where you talk about the shows that are coming out and, you know, it's a bit of a, a, a press launch for it. So you and I were there to talk about... Uh, road trip and league and uh and your show with jamie and uh i just couldn't i mean you even you, i mean you even noticed it didn't you it was like i i yeah. couldn't fucking i was I, I i was actually doing the show's damage as a result of my behavior at that event you know what in, I, in that right i found that i find those really difficult like you i actually genuinely enjoyed your company that night because you're probably the funniest person I know when you're in that state because you hate everything in the world. Uh, and neither of us were drinking and everyone else was, right? No, yeah. But the, but the, you know the person I respected most out of everything, right, was Harry, yeah. Harry Redknapp was there with Sandra. And yeah. they told him, they did that TV bullshit thing of going, oh, no, don't worry about it. You'll be out of there by half eight, nine o'clock. Yeah. Nine o'clock came, Harry went, I'm going. And I went, we haven't I know. A, they haven't done a bit for a went, They said 8 30, 9 o'clock. I've got a table booked at Scott's. Come on, son. See you later, big T. Walked out. I was like, oh, incredible. God, like, incredible. And not, right? not, not like in like it, with any like arrogance to it. It was just like, that's what no. you told me. Whereas me and you are a pair of losers. Just like, yeah. literally, I've gone, oh, what shows are we going to do last? So I'll do the ones with Rob and Tom. They'll stay around. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it. funny, isn't it? You're absolutely right. There is no way. I don't know how late oh. that would have had to have gone for me to actually said something. That, do you know what I mean? Mate, I'm so like, I could be in a restaurant and someone could come out and there could be fucking pubic hairs in my food and fucking dead flies in it. And I'd slag it off to my wife or you, whoever I'm sitting with. And when the waiter comes over and goes, is the food all right? I go, yes, lovely. That's oh, lovely. And I know for a mm. fact that the fucking waiter's going to go to the chef and go, you're right, he swallowed it. He's, he's eating it. Like the big fucking loser he is. Because I've got no... I've got no I haven't got that thing to just go, this is disgusting. I oh, know. Have you what about on, on the phone though? Are you better on the phone? Oh yeah, on the phone I can I can be quiet. I love a comp- I love a complaint on the phone. Or an email complaint I get pretty Do you know the, how the hierarchy works for phone complaining? How the hierarchy. How the what works? Hierarchy. The hierarchy? Yeah. The hierarchy? Yeah, the hierarchy. Is that hierarchy. Are you, 
Yeah, hierarchy. Okay, good. Yeah. So you say it correctly every six times, do you? Is that is that your ratio? So hierarchy. 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 Right. So here we go. You got a word that they're throwing in an extra letter, and it makes it harder to say. Hierarchy. I don't think it does. I don't think it makes it harder for you. To hierarchy. Say. You're just not. You're not saying it. Hierarchy. Yeah, but I hierarchy. Hierarchy sounds like a type of trainer or a moving street fighter. <laughs> but it rolls off the tongue, nice. Hierarchy. <laughs> hierarchy. Now, how does the hierarchy work? Go on. So you have, you. I think it is. I think it's a London Essex accent. Is their sort of like average for just the average phone calls, right? Right. right. If someone's caught, um, calling up and they like, there's a little bit of empathy needed. They'll use a Scottish, but like Edinburgh or Newcastle to calm the person and be quite sweet to them. Um, and then if it's someone with a complaint and they need someone to go toe to toe with that person and be quite abrasive and and put them in their place. They go Northern Irish or Scouser. What are you talking about? That is, that's how it works within the call centres. So what, if you work at a call centre, you've got to have, what, six or seven accents at your disposal? No, no, no. <laughs> no you don't, you're not sitting there like Matt Lucas, just banging off, <laughs> banging off accent after accent. It's like, what do I need for this job? Oh, well, uh, you know, obviously you've got to be good with people, plus you must literally you know, be fucking Alistair McGowan when it comes to fucking accents. <laughs> They'll have different people for it. You oh, I see. Phone. Right. Okay. You answer the phone and it's someone, and say you're there and you're like, all right, hello, I'm just phoning up because I want to bloody complain about my Sky Sports package. Uh, I'm not able to watch uh, the cricket or the golf or whatever. And the bloke's going, all right, yeah. And he's like, oh, this bloke I can deal with. And you're like, I'm really annoyed by it. And they're like, right, I'll push this up to Luke up in Edinburgh if he thinks you can be calmed down. Luke comes on the phone he's like, yeah. Hey, are you there, um, Ramesh, Mr. Ethan? Um, how are you today? And all that. And then you're like, wow, yeah, I'm bloody pissed off and annoyed with my Sky Sports package, right? And then they're like, oh, there's no calming him down. So then they pass you over to Belfast. And it's like, you're right there, Mr. Ranganathan. What's your problem today? <laughs> okay. It's, it's quite, there's quite a lot to pick out from that absolute fucking shooing you gave me there. Is <laughs> that a little example? Um, <laughs> that's just how it there's works. quite a bit there. It's, it's, first of all, the voice, the, vo- the voice, by the way, which evolved as you as you sort of warmed to your theme and started enjoying <laughs> what you were doing. So there's that to, to deal with. There's also the fact that I was complaining about Sky Sports Package. You made the very deliberate decision <laughs> to have me complain about cricket and golf <laughs> because of, because football would have made me too interesting in your eyes. <laughs> There's so there's so many little, do you know what I mean? So many little levers going on in that horrible fucking mind of yours. But you do. You who told you that? Who told you that? Someone I met in a bar once who, who worked within the call centre for a time. It was it's top secret. No one else knows about it. But right, it's a bit of like knowledge to ban. So now you know if you're on the phone and you're complaining about saying like your phone contract and you're you're like oh, oh hello, it's Ramesh Rangan Nathan here. Um, I've realised that, you know, I need more bandwidth on my phone, right? They're basically going to... You now know if the guy answers and is like, hey, right there, Mr. Rang and Ethan, you know that they've seen that your voice in your in your manner that it's a bit that you're being aggressive and they've sent you to Belfast. Okay, interesting. <laughs> uh, that's a nice thing. So so now any anybody from Northern Ireland that happens to take a call <laughs> is going to get a load of shit now 
because the other person is going to assume that they're, they've been deemed an aggressive call. No, the best thing to do is then tempt yourself, calm yourself down, and work yourself slowly down the ladder till you find yourself with someone from Edinburgh, and then you know that you're... Okay, okay, okay. Now, you've done a little bit of embellishing now. I don't think that what then happens is you work your way down to an Edinburgh person. So you're calm, you're calm enough now to talk to somebody from Woking. <laughs> uh, Wait, you know the you know the absolute king one. You get someone from Wales. Well, why is that the king? Oh, the Welsh are so snev. That oh hello, Mister Anganethan. It's you know it's jolly, it's fun. So that's the one where they go. Oh, he deserves a bit of special treatment here. We're going to put him onto Quinn over in Wales. Oh hello there, Mister Anganethan. So glad to have you as one of our customers. You'd make quite a good Welshman, you know that. I'd, yeah, that's my dream. Do you one. work on your accents? Because you, one of the things I've noticed is not only you, you slip into them quite easily, don't you? The Scottish and the uh, the Northern Irish weren't my best, if I'm honest. But uh, I, I, I pride myself. The Welsh one. Uh, do you know what I love? The oh, Welsh. hello, hello, Mister Davis. That's good. Oh. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. You know Northern the hardest Irish. accent to do is Geordie. That's the one that I really. Oh, you're, oh, you're busted. You're, you're oh, trying you're to... <laughs> right, Tom, this morning I put out a request for problems, if anyone's got any problems. Most of them are awful. Yeah. Uh, can I just so say just, that, what, what I think people would really I think if you can come to us from your real problems me and Romish can really help you yeah exactly yeah so I don't know there's a few uh, oh. there's a few um, okay how to deal the, really just as a little tip going forward s- specifics are, are, are good for these alright so this is quite a general vague one alright uh, do you have any idea this is from L- Lanteran. Right. Do you have any idea how to deal with annoying co-workers? Oh, wow. Now, well, I've actually been working with quite an irritating co-worker for the last week. Um, well, here we go. This is what an incredible speed of thought there to turn this into yet another <laughs> I wasn't attack talk- on me. Also, I wasn't talking about you. You're an amazing co-worker, but yeah, that does show quite how uh, your mind works. That uh, You thought it was about you. Um, it was. I'd never say you. You're a dream to work with. Uh, I won't name the person. I think we both know who it is. Um, <laughs> um, it's it's a it is a difficult thing to deal with. Number one, I don't know what the problem is that you're you're saying here. Like so, so in a genuine like how I deal with an annoying coworker is quite often I'll speak to Ramesh, who's also a coworker, and we will talk about the said person. Um, I, th- I think. Yeah, but I don't think that, I don't think that's I don't think that's a solution. I don't, I don't think that's good. No, no. But you know what? what you, I, when I you when you, you say when you say we talk about that person, you're implying that we sort of sit together and like like put our heads together for some sort of problem solving. What we do is we absolutely slag that person off. Yeah, yeah. Well, but that's not that's not it doesn't no, solve. But I the think problem. there's a lot of worth in doing that because you actually vent. Why? Well, you vent, don't you? And and through venting, you get a lot of the shit out, and then actually you go, oh, you know what? I can I can tolerate another four four hours with that person. I think it's important to vent. About- do you not think? Do you not think it's slightly bad for your soul? Does that what, worry you bitch, at all? What bitching people about people? Yeah, 
I think if you, I, I'd always try to say to someone's face what I'd, but it, you even said to me the other day, it's not when I did say so. Uh, so you, yeah, you look, look, without getting into specifics, you said something brutal to somebody. But it's, uh, I, I, I'd say that to their face, and I'd say that by the, so I, I believe that I was like, you know, I'll say it to your face, and that's why I think that it's important to to do that. But I mean, it, it depends. Not everyone is is able to do that, right? Mm. I mean, we don't mm. know what the problem is here. This is why no. people need to be a little bit more. Yeah. What I would say is, look, what I would say is, depending on, if they're talking about annoying, as in you've got to work with this person, they annoying people don't often know they're annoying. No. Do you know what I mean? So I think, you know, what you want to do is you want to say to that person, don't you? You want to say, look, yeah. I know you think you're funny. I know you think you're sort of, you know, when you're working the room and being centre of attention because it's your show and you think you're being sort of funny and kind of you consider that to be you kind of uh, holding court, what you're actually doing is being, I guess, bullying and brash. <laughs> oh, and actually really... it hasn't, and it actually has a negative effect on the set, uh, on the workplace. <laughs> you prick. You're so happy with yourself. You generally, do you know what you look like there? You know, oh, when God. you see like Winnie the Pooh and he's getting closer and closer to the jar Fucking of honey. Fucking hell. You look, what? you look like Winnie the Pooh just closing in on some honey. Or Yogi Bear. Do you, know, do you know what's so sad about that? Is that I'm actually just sort of delighted you didn't call me Eeyore. I called you Eeyore the other day and I know that it was a kick. <laughs> I will just say one thing actually about when you talk about co-workers and people who say something to their people. I remember back in the day when I was working on the sites and I was working with a guy and I will name him because he won't listen to this. He, he's not that kind mm-hmm. of, his name was Graham Parker and he right. had a birthday and he hired a massive area in Weatherspoons for his party um, for everyone. How, uh, which birthday was this? It was like his 40th birthday. His 40th birthday? Yeah, yeah. He was older than Okay, me. go on. So he yeah. he basically puts out this whole thing. Everyone had right. talked about this guy behind his back and bitched about him for he was quite an annoying bloke. Yeah. Um I always got an all right with him. I was always quite frank with him. I found him a little bit irritating, but he was an mm. all right. That birthday, only uh, me and a Romanian uh labourer called Saul turned up. Just two people. And yeah. no one else turned up. Right? And he it was literally the biggest shock of his whole life. He was like, Why's why's no one else here? And me and Saul, who spoke very little English, had to basically tell him that people found him irritating and that, you know, because there's only so many people, oh, you know, he can't make it because he's, you know, he's, white, he's got to look after his kids or he can't make it because he's doing this. He was, he'd invited 45 people. So on his birthday, we sort of had to sort of tell him, which, yeah, was pretty heartbreaking. You know, um, there's a podcast called How Did This Get Made? Yeah. Right? And they're talking about Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. And have you, do you know Deep Blue Sea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Deep Blue Sea is this film with these mutated sharks yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they're trying to use it to cure dementia. And um, one of the things that this, the woman that's done, do, you know, these sharks like go rogue and start killing yeah. everyone. And one of the things the woman, the woman, the main woman in it says to justify what she's doing is, she says, do you know what it's like to have to tell your father every day that her wife is dead. And one of the guys on the podcast made the point, you know, don't, why do you keep telling him? You know, why do you keep telling him? Yeah. Right? The reason I bring that up 
is that you decided, and listen, I'm all for honesty, but you decided on this guy's birth. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. It didn't occur to you to make the excuses today, and then maybe a few in a few days' time go to him. Look, mate. This is a situation. Is it, on his birthday, so so just he's invited forty-five people. He's hired out of Weatherspoons. The the mechanics, the the, the underlying st- no, thing no, behind the area that is in the Weatherspoons. He wasn't Keiko. He'd, right, he'd, he'd ordered like yeah. You know, he'd hired out an area, reserved an area of Weatherspoons. He's invited forty-five people. Yeah, right. Two people have turned up. Right. Yeah. Who was the other guy? Saul, the Romanian. Saul. He was a Romanian labourer. Right. Okay. To be fair, uh, even yeah. he said, which was after the guy was like, "Why is no one turned up?" and I, I basically told him what my my where I thought it was at. Saul just turned around and went, "Is there going to be a buffet?" Oh no! <laughs> it's just yeah, it was funny in a way, but only that yeah that little worse because I was the only one who laughed. So then you well, there's only two other there's only two yeah. people ready to laugh at, isn't there? And so then you t- did you tell him at the weather spoons? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I can. What what was I supposed to do? Like he said, like, where's everyone else? You know, you, you know what's happened? What, where, where is everyone? So that's uh, the way you're saying that, by the way, he sounds quite distraught there. And then you went, I'll tell you where everyone is. Nobody likes you. <laughs> you're such a prick. I didn't do it as brutal as that. I was like, let me get a pint. And let, right. Yeah. Let me get a pint. Are you, is there a tab? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, she generally had a tab. He <laughs> was like... He genuinely went. I was like, they get fine. And he said, there's some money behind the bar, but go easy, go easy on it. I was like, don't worry, mate. Even if hold you put 20 quid behind the hold bar, on. I don't think we're going to. Hold on a second. A guy who was expecting 45 people receives two and then tells those people to go easy at the bar. I mean, you had a fucking result. This is what I'm saying about him being annoying, though. Because he gives with one hand and he takes right. with the other. So, so I went and got the pint, right? So as I remember it now, he basically turned to me and was like, you know, you know, go to the bar, there's some money behind the bar. Uh, and then Saul was like, can you grab me like a beer as well? And I got Grandma uh, a drink. And I went, so I went, even when I went to the bar and I said to the barmaid, oh, I'm here with the party. And she laughed and she went, oh, there he has got, like he's been here for a couple of hours, like an hour or so and no one else has turned up type of thing. They all thought he was lying about his party. So you were an hour <laughs> late, were you? This is why this I put myself in this position where I probably should never have told this story. I was just trying to give some scope to someone and help out. So then I went back to him with the three drinks. Yeah. I was like, thank you very much. Happy birthday. Um and then he yeah, and then he was like, Where the bloody hell is everyone? You know, can you text some people? And this is before you had a I had a phone contract, I only had a pay as you go. And I was like, you know, well, try not to make this. Try not to make the story about you. There's a man here who's having a terrible birthday, Tom. And then I said to him, "Oh, you know, I don't think many other people are coming." And he said, "Oh, what? Really? Why?" And I was like, well, "I think people, you know, sort of you said tend to get on the wrong side of people, and you've, I think, upset a couple of people who <laughs> work with you. I think the consensus was that, you know, not a lot of people, people are even going to come. So I sort of think that like, just enjoy the people who are here. Oh, you know, actually, here's one: James Defon turned up." He came to the party. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Ask him about the story. James Defont came not knowing who Graham Parker was because I texted and said, I'm at this birthday, mate. No one else is here. It's free drink. Oh, my God. <laughs> James, bless his heart, came down. and actually so J- brought- James, James heard tell of, a, of, a, of somebody's birthday party that's been under-attended 
So there's drinks behind the bar. And he, what, changed his plans to come to this pub for the birthday of a guy he doesn't, he doesn't know. It was on a Thursday so, night. And to be fair to James, I said, look, this is really horrible. You think, he worked in London. I said, look, you know, the guy's had this party. It was up in uh, near the West End type thing. I said, look, if you're around, it would really mean a lot if you could pop in because no one else has turned Why would it mean, hold on, why would it mean a lot? Well, just another face would be there. And Graham was... So, uh, no, but this, Graham's not going to go, oh, Tom's invited a stranger. He was I feel at, really... I, I, he was I feel over the moon when James turned up. He genuinely was so like, oh, wow, fucking hell, you know, hello, mate, you know, da-da-da, get, get a drink. There's sort of a bit of money behind the bar still. Um, yeah, and then we had some... Do you know when, um, do you know when they do, used to do those, like, tasteless sort of comic relief uh, things where, like, they'd send celebrities out to these villages and stuff like that? Yeah. And the, the villagers would look so happy when these people turned up, right? They'd be so delighted. But that yeah. doesn't mean that they're having a nice life. That That is, that is they're, they're, it's so terrible that any sort of glimmer of positivity they sort of latch onto, right? That is what... Like Duncan from bloke... Blue turns up and it just breaks <laughs> a respite for fucking 25 seconds. Ugh. That doesn't mean that what's happening is great. Yeah. What that means is it's a break from... That is what James DeFrond was to that guy. Yeah. He's not genuinely happy. He's just like, oh, my God, I'm in a pub with two people at my birthday party and table settings <laughs> for 45. <laughs> and a buffet for 45. The worst, the saddest thing is we, we were standing there. By this time, James had arrived and we'd had a few more beers and we'd sort of like had some onion rings and... Um, Breaded mushrooms and uh, this, uh, and then people started just walking over to the buffet, and they were like, "All right, mate, is it right if I just grab a slider or whatever?" Oh my and, uh, god! He was like, "Yeah, go on, yeah, it's just all it's going to get thrown away otherwise." And then Saul took quite a lot of it home with him. Wow, that's a really sad story. He used to do an annoying thing though. He'd go a double go clink on. for the man who bought the drink. Graham, he did this thing where he got a double clink for the man who bought the drink. So he'd like clink the top of your glass. Yeah, but I don't, listen, I don't think double clink for the man who bought the drink is warrants 43 people not turning up to his birthday. <laughs> that that feels like a disproportionate punishment for saying double clink for the guy who bought the drink. <laughs> oh. oh, man. <laughs> I feel for him now. I wish I could turn back the time. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that in, in a short answer to your question, how to deal with co-workers... Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, I have no advice on that at all. Okay, do you want to do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay. I have an exam next Tuesday. This is from KGOCarney30. Right. These are Instagram handles. Yeah. Um, I have an exam next Tuesday, and I'm woefully underprepared for it. Mm-hmm. We don't know what level the exam is. Um, I mean, I'm a little bit worried that your following's quite young if it's... What do you mean? Well, it's a bit like if they're just doing their GCSEs. Why are you worried? I'm not fucking everyone that follows me on Instagram. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking literal. Like, like, that was a tiny little tick at you and you literally came back with a fucking haymaker. <laughs> fucking everybody who follows me on Instagram, mate. Um, how to deal with such a thing? Uh, look, if I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't prepare for any of my exams. Mm. Mm. You, are you one of these? Are you one of these pricks that on GCC results day or A level results day, you post up a thing on social media going, "I, I, 
<laughs> hey, anybody that's anybody that's worried about their results, don't worry. I do get a single GCSE and look where I'm at. Are you one of those? Mate, I tell you, every bit that I do of you, that's literally, you've come back. <laughs> I know where you've been through fucking the first two days of lockdown, working on that impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, anyway, um, what were you going to go on to say before I hijacked it? No, number one, I, I've never put out on any of my social media outlets. Actually, I probably have, actually. Mm. No, I can't. I could. Yeah, so it feels like the sort of thing you would do. <laughs> in, in in a positive way, I mean, you're 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 you you like to help, don't you? You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's also, a, I mean that as I mean that as a compliment. But also, genuinely, if I was to do it all over again, I, I wish I'd paid a bit more attention and been a bit better at school. I think there's a lot to be be said about it. But I also get the fact that not everyone's going to be academic. So uh, mm. you know, and I think a lot of lot of it's just bullshit stuff anyway that you're never going to use. I was even thinking, when do you even count up to 100 in life? Well, after you, you're done with hide and seek, when do you even count up to 100? Tom, the, the reason that you know the numbers 1 to 100 is not so that you can count to it on request. It's so that you know how many things of a thing there are. Yeah, yeah, but after... Right, okay. If, if, you, can't, if you can't count up to 100, if you saw 43 things... You yeah. would have no idea how many. You, you get that, right? You don't, you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. You're not learning. You're not learning the numbers one to a hundred so that you can count on demand from one to a hundred. <laughs> what I mean by that, right, is <laughs> after a hundred. I've, by the way, I've heard examples of this argument a lot because I was a maths teacher, right? Yeah. And I've heard I've heard people say, "When do you really need to? When in your life have you ever had to find out what X is?" When in your life have you ever really had to find out how long the hypotenuse is of anything? You would be asking two questions I, I'd love the answer yeah, to. Yeah, 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 sure. They're valid arguments about the maths curriculum. What I have never heard is when in your life have you had to count from one to a hundred as an example <laughs> of a flaw in the maths curriculum? <laughs> but I, you know what I'm saying though, yeah? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I do. I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's wrong. Is what I'm saying to you. <laughs> but there's just a lot of numbers to get your head around. Sure. Right. Okay. But how many of what? How many things do you actually need? Do you know what I mean? What do you mean? How many well, things like, do you need? You go. I've got fifty trainers. Right. Yeah. But seldom do you get into the thousands or the five hundreds. Sure. I think there should be a level of stuff. So what you think kids should know up to what what number? Where, where would you draw the line at? What's the maximum number? I think if we if, if no, I think everything in life went up to five hundred, we'd be easy. It'd be easier if everything in life went up to five hundred. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just think sometimes. So what would you? So what was hold on? So you've got? I assume that you've had more than five hundred pounds in your bank account in the. Yeah, yeah, but point. no, yeah. So what I go is if say I. So what happens that, then? What happens then I'd when you go, get above? If I, yeah, but then I'd just go. I've got four or five hundreds in my bank. If I had two grand in my bank. I've got four or five hundred. And you think that's easier, do you, than saying 2,000? <laughs> I just think it's different. You, you, I've, got, I've got seven, no, I've got seven five hundreds. How much is that? What? 3,000. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they've had it right. I'm not mm, saying I'm No, maybe they have. They've asked me a question about what, what we should do about ex- exams. And there's a few things that I just want to look. It, again, it depends on subject. When it comes to maths, you're not going to be able to cram. 
English, you're going to, I think history, you can cram quite a lot in. Geography, just pick a few places. Put them in dread. I, 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 what, you know what I'm going to say? To, this is my advice, right? Is prepare well, as you're best probably you can. In, the, in, the, in this scenario, this is one place where you're probably better to give advice. One place? <laughs> well, have you listened to the Wolf and Our podcast? Yeah, they do this advice stuff. Just so you know, if you've got a question on anything apart from maths and teaching, Tom's the one to go to. But in that very specific niche thing of preparing for a maths exam, that's when Romesh comes into his own. <laughs> um, do you know what? I would say to that person, uh, prepare as best you can. Um, and if you fail, that is for the best. You know what I mean? Like It's never make or break. Do you know what I mean? You'll always be able to resit it. And and you know what? If you if you if you fail it, you didn't know it well enough. You know that's what exams are for. People get too much. They get too pressured into like thinking I've got to fucking smash this exam. You do. You should smash that exam if you know it. But if you don't, that's just how it is. Do you know what I mean? Exams I've, cause too, too much stress. I think what you're trying to say is if at first you don't succeed, try 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 again. Uh yeah yeah I suppose so yeah um if you want to sort of put a real kind of sort of quaint button on it then yeah. That'd be a cool t-shirt, I think, to go. If I was going to wear any t-shirts to an exam, that's what I'd wear. What, you'd wear a t-shirt to an exam that says, if at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again? Yeah, because I think the teachers would look at look at you, and like you know in those American movies, I'd yeah. walk in, I'd sit down at my desk, and the teacher would look over and go, where's Davis? And then he'd look at the back and he'd see my t-shirt. And oh, he's, go, the, he's the only guy not wearing uniform. <laughs> He's wearing a T-shirt that he's had made with a fucking ridiculous slogan on it. No, but I think the teacher would look at you because he in his head he thinks you're going to fail the maths exam and then he'd just nod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah on there. And that's, well, look, and that's uh, how I deal with exams. Yeah, well, good, good to know. Good to know. Tom. Yo. Uh, it's about that time, brother. Can you please, uh, in your own inimitable style, uh, take us out? Listen, life is a roller coaster going to be full of ups and downs sometimes you're at the top of the roller coaster looking down upon the earth and you might look next to you and see an annoying co-worker or a friend that you've never been honest with maybe that's the time to tell them what other people are thinking maybe that's the time for true honesty when you know that not only the roller coaster is going to go down but also this person's feelings are also going to go down because as soon as the roller coaster bottoms out it's only going to go back up again and hopefully that will pick their spirits up. And that's how to look at life. Sometimes you're going to feel up, sometimes you're going to feel down. Don't revel in the lows and don't look forward to the highs. Try and get a plateau of serenity that is the middle ground. And that is my mm. lesson for today. That's really good. Was any part of you regret the uh, going with the roller coaster thing? Yeah, almost instantly. <laughs> I completely regretted using the roller coaster. Um, very much like an actual roller coaster. Once you're in a... Uh, once you're breaking down a uh, situation when you're on a roller coaster, there's no way off it, really. You've got to go with the roller coaster. Uh, sure. Yeah, analogy. So, yeah. Um, what, a, what a beautiful... Uh, yeah. And for those of you that don't know, Tom is a massive Ronan Keating fan, so that's kind of where that's yeah I'm that's not, come from. I love my Irish boy bands. Uh, Tom Davis. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Robert Reagan uh, Nathan. It's been an absolute dream. I've been the owl. I've been the wolf, baby. See you next time. Bye-bye. Yeah.